Hey, you're listening to Drawing a Line. I'm Roman McCutcheon. And I'm Brad Reeves. And today we're going to talk about love and relationships. What's love got to do, mm. got to do with it? Mm. What's love yeah. but a second-hand emotion? Mm. Let's do it. Episode 9, Brad. We are so close to double digits. And I am sort of at a loss for words almost. I know that like 10 isn't like the end all be all and like we're going to stop once we reach 10, but it just feels like such a, I don't know, like a cool milestone to, to maybe just reach to know that we've, we've done this for, I mean, almost three months, you know? Yeah, I know when I talk to people about the podcast or I, I share an episode with somebody because, you know, there's something specific mm-hmm. in there that I, I feel like might, I don't know, might speak to them. They say, oh, okay, you you got you got a podcast. And they'll look and they say, whoa, you, you have more than one. Right. There's more than one episode. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I do feel like at least 10 is, a, is the start of a catalog. But mm-hmm. hopefully we're letting the, the content drive this thing and not right. just the numbers. Yeah, yeah. It's not just about the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I feel like also I should probably point out, just, to, just in, in all transparency, that today is a very rainy, dreary day in Virginia. Oh, yeah. And I am one of those people that like on days like this, I like to just sit at home and like take a nap or not talk to people or go hang out with anyone because... I just want to like put on a record and have some coffee and I feel really you on that, man. I, I came in here and the retaining pond is like higher than I've ever seen it. Yeah. It looks like dangerously high. Mm-hmm. I was getting flash flood uh, warnings on my phone throughout the day today. So yeah, there's an element of danger. There's a little bit of depression in the right. air. <laughs> so right. we're going to have to bring it up. Yeah, let's try to keep the energy up. I'm going to make an attempt <laughs> to keep the energy up. I, I think we can do it, especially because we're talking about relationships and something that we're both very passionate about. I remember interviewing for the position here, and I think I said that my foc- like my ministry focus was relationships. Like. I don't know, like enough to be annoying probably. Right. Um, But I I think at the core of ministry in general, um, relationships have to be there and have to be an integral part of, you know, what any person wants to do. And and I think that to an extent, everyone does some type of ministry. Uh, Whether or not you you are like intentionally doing it, um, I think that it is happening. Um, and not that, that, not that that's necessarily what we are getting into, but I think that that's just a, it's a cool thought to have in like the back of your head that like, there are times when like, you, you know, you have definitely been a minister in like situations that like, you know, I don't know, you may not quote, think of yourself as a minister, but it has definitely happened. And and, and I think people, you know, can attest to that at any point. Well, and in the last podcast where we sort of our relationships 101 we talked about a lot of different aspects of relationships mm-hmm. but what you bring up today about how um, you know how important relationships are just in recent history I wasn't I hadn't planned to talk about this but I was just thinking about uh, Ellen DeGeneres mm. and I'm I mean the, the whole phenomenon surrounding um, you know, how how much of a likable person she was, a lovable yeah. person she was, 
um, or is or, or appeared right. to be on her show. Yeah. But yet when it when it became public that people who were close to her, who worked for her, who were on her show mm-hmm. um, started to say or reveal things like, yeah, you know, you, you weren't allowed to look at her in the eyes or you couldn't speak to her or, yeah. or how she treated, you know, guests or or other people like that. I think that goes back to relationships, right? Because it's mm-hmm. one thing how you appear on television to people, yeah, right? But then when the, the moment the camera turns off mm-hmm. and you're treating everybody around you like garbage, yeah, like now because of social media and Twitter and just the way things sort of get out there mm-hmm. and the way things... Uh, the way people are maybe now a bit more attuned to relationships, they might not think about it that way, but they're more attuned to, okay, wait a second. If there's a disconnect, if you have somebody who is, you know, Mr. or Mrs. Nicey nice Mm -hmm. in, in, in their public persona, but then actually in their real life, they treat everybody like trash. And I'm not saying that she does. I'm just saying those were, those were the allegations. I mean, that was, it was a real big deal. She had to come out and apologize multiple times and Mm -hmm. she's trying to clean house in her show and all that. But I think it just demonstrates the point that you're making, Mm -hmm. which is that the way we treat each other, the way we treat people is really important. I don't just mean it can, you can lose your talk show if you don't treat people right. But it's one thing for you to have a great resume. It's one thing for you to have a full bank account. It's Mm -hmm. one thing for you to have, um, you know, beautiful pictures of your family that you can post on social media. Yeah. But if behind that, the Mm -hmm. way you're treating that family or the way that you're living your life and the way you treat people around you is not with love, Mm -hmm. which is what we're going to focus on today. Great segue, Brad. (laughs) If you're not treating them with love, it's going to come back around. Like it's going to find its way out or people are going to know you're, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to keep that under wraps. Yeah. Well, and it's information travels just instantaneously now. I mean, you you can't, you can't get away from it. Like you were saying, I mean, people are eventually going to find out, but you know, maybe 20, 30 years ago, eventually people would have found out, but a lot of the times that stuff didn't happen until after that person was dead or it didn't happen until, I mean, way later on in life because information traveled so slowly because of just how the information could get to different places. And now, you know, I, I mean, I could, I could put a tweet out right now. And I mean, I mean, not saying that like hundreds of thousands of people would actually look at it, but that's, it's the possibility and it would be very easy for that to happen. And so, you have to be careful. You, you have to have a, an, an understanding and a mindset of why am I doing what I'm doing? Um, and, you know, just like you said, is, is, is love really kind of what's fueling all of that? I mean, that's the, that's the transition into what this whole episode is about, right? Yeah, the, the actions that, that, that I am showing or the things that I am saying or the way that I am treating somebody, you know, why am I doing that? Right. And am I a consistent person? Mm-hmm. Am I consistent in my ethic? Do I have a, an ethic of love? Yeah. Like is love driving all my interactions and not just maybe the most visible ones? Right. Um, you know, I'm thinking, I'm not going to say the person's name, but there was a, a, a lauded Christian preacher, apologist uh, who passed away this year. And 
there were, you know, my, my social media feed was blowing up with accolades for this particular person. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, it didn't take too long until after he passed away where then people who really, I think very much respected this man and respected him enough because he was elderly to not say these things while he was still alive, but they started rolling out some things that were, that, that went on in his life, some allegations about things that were uh, alleged to have gone on in his life. Yeah. And now there's an investigation, it's going forward. And it's just an example of how, unfortunately, sometimes uh, love or an ethic of love does not work its way throughout our entire lives. So I think that's a little bit what we, we want to talk about. We want to talk about, well, how does love impact relationships, all of our relationships? How do we think about love. How do we define it? How does the the Bible define it? How does the Bible talk about it? And then, you know, what are some practical applications of that? Yeah. And, you know, as, as somebody who, you know, I'm not necessarily the most, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say I'm like a, a book junkie or that I really get into the whole like technical side or whatever of things. However, I do enjoy, um, I don't know. I don't really know that whatever the study of words is, there's a word for that. I just don't know what it is. Etymology. And there okay. it is. Thank you there, so much. I appreciate okay. that. Yeah. Like I said, it's not, not, not really my specialty, but I like the idea of things behind it, especially when we're translating it from, you know, a different language yes. to, to English and, um, you know, sort of getting into, you know, love. We've said love a bunch of times. People hear love all the time. Um, all right. Well, what is that? Um, and, you know, and, and some people might not know that um, the Bible has, you know, several different words for love, um, specifically in Greek. And um, I'm going to, you know, sort of mention or talk about a little bit, a few of those. Um, there's six technically. And and some of them you, you may have heard before. Some of them are, um, you know, there are some cities that are named after some of it, kind of. And, um, and you know, we'll kind of get into it a little bit. But it, hopefully what this will do is give you maybe a, <clears throat> excuse me, um, more of an insight into, you know, maybe what the, what the author was trying to say or, or who they were speaking to or the message they were trying to get across whenever they were using a specific type of love. Because, I mean, if, if we're just being very honest, the love that I have for Brad is very different than the love that I have for my wife. Even though there are definitely places where it intersects, it is also very different. Or burritos. Or burritos, exactly. And so... Um, There's a lot... Was there, there intersection there, too? Well... The, the love for burritos? Uh, probably. Um Absolutely. I, I, I've had Mexican food with you, and I, <laughs> I, I have witnessed there's love there. There is absolutely We'll love. have to categorize that into one of these Greek categories. <laughs> right. So, um, all right. So, I'm going to go into six. I'm going to talk about six different um, Greek words for love. And uh, the first one is uh, one of my favorites to talk about in the youth group class because of the awkwardness that it brings. Um, because every time you mention eros or a sexual passion for love, Kids get really weird and they're like, oh, it's kind of gross. But I always think it's funny to watch um, their, their Make faces. Make them squirm. Oh, absolutely. So eros is the first Greek word for love that we're going we're gonna to talk about, which is, like I said, a, it's, it's a sexual passion of or a sexual term for love. It's where the word erotic comes from. Correct. Same, same um, root. Yeah, it was named after the Greek god of fertility. Um, and it just it represented the idea of sexual passion and desire. However, um, it was also, the Greeks didn't always view it as something that was positive 
like we kind of do today. Um, it actually was viewed as more of dangerous or um, fiery or even irrational at times. Right. Probably a, a big part of maybe where we get lust from. Right. And uh, which can those can easily those those lines can easily be, you know, mistaken and, and um, can, can crisscross for a lot of people. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's right or wrong, but that's that's the first one, Eros. Um, and then there is uh, Phileo or Phileo, which some of you all may know as um, uh, like a brotherly love or like a deep friendship, something similar to that the city Philadelphia, um, the city of brotherly love is sort of where we get that. Um, and, uh, you know, the Greeks actually valued this one way, way more than they did Eros. It was something that was just, I mean, it was a big part of their culture. Um, it, it actually, uh, you know, is, I'm just, there's some things I have written down here. It says, uh, it concerned deep, um, camaraderie, uh, and, and friendship that developed between brothers in arms who had fought side by side on the battlefield. That's a big part of where it came from. And as somebody who was also in the military at one point, totally, absolutely understand that process, that, that whole idea and that thought there are, um, there, there are men that I was in training, men and women that I was in training with that, like, I know for a fact that even though I haven't talked to them in years, I could call them right now and we could have a conversation. And if I really needed help, they'd probably help me. And so, um, in, in, in the Greek culture, that was a, I mean, probably one of their most highly valued words for love wasn't, right. wasn't used that often. If we're being really honest, um, they, it was for a select group of people, your, your inner circle, I guess. And then there's the third one, which is ludus or sort of like a, I don't know, like a playful love. Um, you know, like I love burritos, right? Something, something along those lines, right? Um, you know, like, like, like the, like the phileo was something that was very serious. Ludus, not so much, right? Um, it was sort of valued by Greeks, but not necessarily something that was, mm, something is more like what, like between kids, right? Like, oh, they're, they're, they're friends and they're, you know, they're five or six and they love hanging out and they love playing together, but that's sort of as far as it goes, right? There's no deep connection there. There's not like a, oh, I really understand who you are and you know who I am. And so we have this, this great connection. That's not really what it's about. It's, it's, um, you know, just the, oh, this is, this is so much fun. I really, 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 you know, love our time together. But like, that's sort of as far as it goes. Right. Um, and then there is, I should probably, you know, I'm gonna save that one for last. Um, and then there is. Uh, pragma, which is a long-standing love. Um, this was actually popularized by the Canadian sociologist John Allen in the 70s. Um, and this was more of a very um, mature love that was found in, like, older couples. Um, so, you know, there is this this deep understanding of patience and um, tolerance that you have with someone because you have just been with them for so long. I mean, you understand why they have done that. And you're like, okay, maybe I, you know, like for instance, you know, maybe I don't really enjoy why they do that, but they, I know who they are. I know what they're about. I know why they're doing that. And I can still love them regardless. Right. Because right. I know who they are and I know what they're about. And so um, it's actually, I don't know. I like that one a lot. And that's, that's a, that's a, that's a cool one um, for me personally. Um, and then this number, and then there's number five, which is a difficult one to say. Um, and I'm hopefully I'm saying it right. And it is uh, Falausha, which is a self love, um, being able to 
just love yourself, being able to do some self care, being able to take time for yourself. A lot of, um, you know, when, you know, they use meditation and things like that, this is a word that they would use to, you know, kind of direct yourself into those types of things. And this is a difficult one for people to really, really grasp. And I think get their head around sometimes because they gets confused with like selfishness or it gets confused with, um, you know, pride and, 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 and not necessarily, there is definitely some innocence within this self, this self love. I mean, to, to understand that you need to take care of yourself, to understand that there are things that, um, you need to be able to do to love yourself, um, can go a long way, especially for you to be able to love other people. Um, and, and, and especially in the last way that I'm going to talk about, which is the agape love, which um, some of you or maybe most of you have heard of before, but it is it is a love for everyone and it is an unconditional love. And it is a love that actually there is actually a debate between whether or not humans can even have true agape love, because to love unconditionally means that obviously there is nothing that could ever stop you from loving something or someone. And. And correct me if I'm wrong on this with agape, but agape is not, it's not like a feeling or an emotion. Mm -hmm. Um, So that, that sort of makes it different from some of these other uh, Greek words, Greek uh, that, that represent different types of love, but it, it comes from God, right? It's correct. It springs from God. So it's sort of a reflection of the, this is the type of love that God has for humanity. Mm-hmm. And then it's sort of a, a way that we reflect that back to others or we reflect that out to others. Right. Like, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, for example, like First Peter 4, 8 says, you know, above all, um, you know, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Within that verse, agape is the, is the word for love that is used. And so... Um, you know, being able to love everyone. There's a lot of, you're being very selfless. Um, actually, um, it was, agape was later translated into Latin as, and I'm probably going to, I'm probably going to butcher this because I'm not proficient in Latin by any means, but it's caritas, which is the, uh, which is the origin of our word charity. Um, which I think is kind of cool that, um, you know, when you think of, you know, charity or something that is just given, I mean, is freely given. I mean, there is no, there's no strings attached. There's nothing that goes along with that other than here you go, because I think you, you need this or you, um, I don't even know if deserve, probably deserve isn't the right word in that moment, but, but you know, here, this is just thing I want for you. Right. And, um, so those, that was a lot. I felt like I just gave out a whole lot of information. I'm not going to like go over all of them, but it's, or not going to like give another quick run. They'll just go through a quick run through Eros. It's like a sexual passion. Philea or Phileo is like a brotherly or deep friendship. Uh, Ludus is like a playful love. Pragma is like a longstanding or mature love. Philousia is a self love and agape is an unconditional or love for everyone. Um, so yes, that was a whole lot of information, but no, that's good. Yeah, that's good. And I think maybe a way to help process that information, or at least for me, what is helpful whenever I get hit with, you know, different words and different meanings is to step back just a little and sort of acknowledge that whenever we're using words in general, mm-hmm. words are approximations of meaning. Always, sure. right? Yeah. We are we are trying to approximate some sort of meaning. So whether it's a feeling, you know, an emotion, a thought, a relationship, all we're doing is we're trying to to somehow recognize 
an experience that yeah. you have, that I have, that, that people have, an experience that we've had, and we're trying to put a label on it. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes those labels are helpful, yeah. and sometimes maybe those labels are unhelpful, but at least with these different Greek words, it gives us a springboard to, instead of just using the word love, like I love burritos, I love my, my spouse, my partner, right. it, it's like, okay, well, we can recognize that within love, like in the spectrum of love from burritos to your you know spouse or your children mm-hmm. or your parents, there are many different ways yeah. to define this relationship or there's there's ways that people over time even thousands of years ago have recognized that love looks differently in different it looks different in different contexts between different people or different groups oh yeah i kind of i kind of think about the analogy of like coffee like i'm gonna go to a coffee shop and i want coffee but like there are lattes there are cappuccinos there are macchiatos there's there's a whole bunch of different things i could possibly get that still technically counts as coffee but the range is very wide. Right. You go into Starbucks and just say, give me a coffee that they're going to just look back at you and you're going to need to define, you're going to need to start using those mm-hmm. Greek words for yeah. coffee or the, <laughs> the Italian words for yeah. coffee, particularly when you talk about the size. All right. So I like, and we can go however further deep into the Greek words that you want to. Right. I, I thought I might sort of come at this, you know, through the side window a little bit, just in, in talking about the New Testament and acknowledging that absolutely, you know, the New Testament uh, originally written in Greek. Mm-hmm. So you have these different words. So words, you know, one point is that words that were translated love, like every single time they show up in the New Testament in the Greek, they don't, they're not love every single time. There's right. these different words that you've just told us. Mm-hmm. And there's different uh, aspects where they use the word agape as opposed to any of these other yeah. uh, forms of love. But I, I would say um, one thing that as I was sort of preparing and, and thinking about this week that struck me, um, because we've used this phrase a number of times on the podcast, that that you know our focus is to love God and love people because that's what Jesus said. Jesus yeah. said, you know, all the law and the prophets really hang on these two commands. These are the the most, this is the most important commandment is to love God and to love people, to mm-hmm. love others as yourself, right? Yeah. So Jesus says that and you're like, okay, so love is very important. But then that begs the question, well, what is love? Like, wh- what is it? How do you do it? What does it look like? And, you know, there's this interesting um, section in at the end of the Gospel of John in chapters 13, 14, and 15, where Jesus talks about, I'm going to give you a new command now. Uh, love each other, right? This is a, yeah. a new command. Well, it's, it's not, it's sort of not new, but it's sort of, at the same time, it is in the sense that Jesus is kind of moving past all of the Old Testament laws and he's moving. It's like he's pulling everybody into something new. And the new command is love each other, love one another as I have loved you. So you must love each other by this. Everybody will know that you're my disciples. You're my followers. You're my students. Mm -hmm. If you love each other. And then, you know, that's in in John chapter 13, John chapter 15. He does it again. You know, as the fathers love me, so I have loved you now remain in my love. 
if you keep my commands, you will remain in my love. So, and then he goes back through this, this commands. He says, I, I've told you this so that your joy may be complete. My command is this. Okay, well, what are his commands? Because I still want to go back to this concept. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean to love? And Jesus says, my command is this. You'll, you'll love me if you keep my commands. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Mm. Now, here's my point. Why does Jesus almost go on like this Buddhist rant of you need to love each other. You need to do what I command. What am I commanding? Love each other. Love each other as I loved you. Why is it so circular? And why does Jesus not clearly define what love is? And I, like I said, I've been thinking about this a lot and I think the reason why is that Jesus wants, is inviting us to learn what love is, mm. to learn about it. Um, he, he wants us to work through what it means to love other people in a multitude of different contexts and relationships. Yeah. It's almost like there is no right answer. Mm. There is no one way to love somebody um, there is no one right way to love somebody or wrong way to love somebody. Uh, and so I want to, you know, I just sort of, I guess, bouncing that off you, Roman, I want to yeah. see what you think about that, that maybe one of the reasons why we don't get a whole lot of definition from Jesus, you know, later you, in, in the epistles, you get, you know, some more teasing out of what is love, mm -hmm. what's patient, it's kind, it has all these attributes, but what does it actually look like to do it? Yeah. What do you think about that, that, uh, that Jesus might be inviting us in to learn what it looks like to love as opposed to, I'm trying to think of like, why wouldn't he just tell us exactly what it looks like, exactly what to do? Yeah, I think that, I don't know, a, a little bit of mystery always pushes people a little bit further. Um, you know, I think that's why when that's why people read like mystery novels or you go watch a movie and, and everybody's looking for that crazy twist near the end. And it's like, I never saw that coming. Um, and, and it's, it's always like, it's this really exciting part that sort of pushes people forward and, and, and continuously maybe searching. Um, and it's funny that, they, that uh, the, the idea of not having like a set definition because people are different, right? Like I, I, that immediately makes me think of, um, I don't know, love languages that, um, you know, my wife and I have different love languages and I am a, a words person. I can't remember all the love languages. Maybe if you know them, go for it. I don't remember all of them, but I, I'm a words guy and my wife is a quality time person. Right. And so, um, there's also like acts of, you know, there's, Oh like yeah. There's like gifts, gifts, gifts acts of service. Yes. Um, yeah, man, there's, I didn't know there'd be a quiz, man. I'm sorry. My bad. I, I well, I was hoping that you'd be able to help me out cause I didn't remember. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean there, there's a realm of, of, um, these love languages and what that means basically is, you know, ways in which you, you know, receive love well, or, or how you would like to receive love. Well, and it's an acknowledgement and, and, and my wife's, at least I know this part, or I know that, that she is a like acts of service, yeah. you know, that that's how she likes to receive love. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, that's why I try to get her coffee every morning yeah. before she gets out of bed. Try to, mm. it's a nice, not, not every morning. You're a nice guy, Brad. But, and I don't drink coffee. Mm, wow. Right? So I don't do caffeine, but I, I bring her the caffeine. 
But I know, but that means a lot to her. Like mm-hmm. something like that, it doesn't affect me in the same way. I'm probably more of a, a, a word. Oh, touch is another one, right? Oh, yeah, I think Isn't so. That right? or, yeah, like physical. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think you're right. Physical like touch. Yeah. Okay. So we're, we're going to get through them. I think we're going to yeah. figure out. But what it is, here's the important part about the love languages, and we're not even crediting the author because no. I can't remember. I can't, I'll, I'll look it up. So we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, I think the important part about that whole concept is that you know somebody, you develop a relationship to know enough to know what is love to them, what will be perceived as love to them. Because it's possible, and this is maybe back to my point about Jesus not defining it, it's actually possible that something that could be perceived as loving to one person could be loathsome to oh, another yeah. person, the Absolutely. same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And so if you kind of are a one trick pony and you're, you're kind of putting the same thing out to everyone around you, that might not be loving, might be loving for someone, mm-hmm. but might not be loving for someone else. I will say this. Um, did you find it? Did it's you? Gary Chapman, by the way. Oh, wait, thank, thank, the you, thank you, guy. Gary, for letting yeah. us appropriate your love lang- five love languages or however many <laughs> yeah, you came up five. with. Okay, right. Good. Um, I, I'll mention this, too. So my kids uh, go to a... Um, they go to uh, a, a secular school, mm-hmm. and um, you know previously they went to a, a private Christian school, but now now they go to a secular school, and so you know at the at the private Christian school they were certainly you know pushing the golden rule, like the golden rule was part of the not necessarily the honor code, but it was you know treat other people like yeah. you want to be treated. One thing I found very interesting, and that quite frankly I love about the secular school that you would not sort of expect is they actually have uh, a, a golden rule too. They, they use the golden rule as well, but they add something to it. And I know that's probably going to make some <laughs> b- biblical, <laughs> like literalists, or I don't know, people out there like just go, Ooh, what do you need to add something to it? But they say, um, you know, treat other people as they would like to be treated. Yeah. Not just as you would like to be treated. And you know what's interesting about that is that the and the reason why I love it so much is the only way to know how somebody else wants to be treated is to know that person. Yeah. You have to develop relationship with that person because I can go around like a, you know, like a uh, a buzzsaw and just go around and treat everybody how I'd like to, well, you know, that's what I would like. That's how I'd like to be treated. And I think there's almost a way to be kind of obnoxious in, yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But if the words that you're using, if your actions, if the things that you're saying and doing to other people, if it's not perceived by them as love, is it love? Is it loving? Mm. And if you don't take the time to at least determine whether what you're doing or what you're saying is going to be perceived as love, mm. is it loving? Now, look, you don't have... Roman. You don't have to agree with me on this because I see your brain going and you're thinking, wait, maybe there should be some times, Brad. I'm going to put words in your mouth. All right, that's fine. Maybe there should be some times, Brad, when we do need to do and say things that are not going to be perceived as loving to other people. Make, 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 tell me. Oh, no, I absolutely, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. And my thought is, okay, well, if I do something that is perceived as not loving, but as a, I mean, and this is like, as a Christian, um, I'm trying to do what I think, or what I'm making an attempt to do is something as Christ-like as possible, right? Not necessarily like, but isn't it, if it's, if it's not loving, is it Christ-like? It depends. 
let's go there. That's, I mean, it, that's got to be a, that's that depends because does that person know Christ? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, is that person a human being? I think the answer is yes. Are am I a human being? The answer is yes. So, is what I am doing to that person is is it loving or is it going to be perceived as loving? So, I guess what you're saying is, does that person know Christ? So, you're saying, is that person part of the Christian tribe or not? No, I, I no, not necessarily. My thought is like, okay. Okay, for instance, there's this, there's a, this is a, we're going to go super extreme because why not? Um, there's this, there's this tribe of literal tribe of people that live in this island, right? That have been like left alone for right. forever, right? And um, people have tried to go to this island and like they basically die every time. They, like the people kill them. Oh, I've heard about this. Yes, right, yes. yeah. And so with like arrows and spears. Yeah, it's and crazy. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like no. They're off the grid. They're yeah, like, absolutely. They, they're Complete. not, they're, they're not a part of modern society. Right. And, and don't want to be. Right. Apparently. So. The idea there is, let's say there's, I don't know, a group of missionaries that want want yeah. to give them the opportunity. And there have been. To, right, yeah. yeah they they want to give them the opportunity to know God, but they don't want that. Does that mean that's not loving? Ah, yeah. Good. good. And, and what they do is they kill these people. Right, they die. The missionaries die. Right, right. They die. So um, certainly those aboriginal people, they don't perceive it as loving. Right, no, not at all. They, not even they, close. They don't perceive it as loving. Um, now, I mean, I guess you could, you could sort of drop maybe out of a helicopter or something. I I mean, as I recall in this story, the, there's actually an issue because I think the government around these people actually tries to protect them. They 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 actually don't grant licenses or passage Mm -hmm. to the missionaries who want to come do this, but they feel compelled Mm -hmm. to your point. I love this discussion. (laughs) They feel like the loving thing to do is to basically risk their lives to to bring this message uh, to these people. Well, it doesn't say there's no greater love than for one to lay down their life for another. Yeah, for his friends. Right. So my thought is, okay, that's what they're making an attempt to do to give them Christ. Oh, I I, I agree that, and I don't want to. I, mean, I don't know. Maybe we have relatives of people who got shot to death with arrows right. trying to get to these Aboriginal folks. Yeah, I hope not, not. not trying to. You but know, I, I'm sure that they they see themselves as as martyrs for for sure. Right. And um, I mean, hopefully, with the not to be a martyr, but hopefully their 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 real like genuine heart is in you know, obviously like I just, I, I want them to know Christ. And I'm not going to question their intentions for one second. So let's pull back sort of from, from that admittedly extreme example to let's say this is a person, um, that, you know, you, you may have invited to church or you may have had some spiritual discussions with them in the past. And, and, and you know, that, you know, at least in the past that sort of that door is closed in the sense that, they feel comfortable with with where they are spiritually or, or mm-hmm. not really interested in exploring in that direction. I guess my point is, is it loving to continue to harp on them or 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 or, or try is it loving to continue to uh, bring up sort of what you know your spiritual view or, or right. is that loving or Given the fact that they are likely not going to perceive it as love, is that actually loving? Or would it be loving to instead actually be there for them as a friend? To actually talk with them about things, like we talked about last week, that you do have in common. Mm-hmm. To um, to invite them over to your house. To, uh, 
you know, to, to help them when they're in need, to share your life with them? Like, what would actually be the loving thing? And what I'm concerned about is that I think sometimes Christians believe that the loving thing to do is to go back to the end of episode eight, when I was talking about this speaking the truth in love, Mm -hmm. they sort of get those switched around and think, well, as long as I have spoken what I perceive to be the truth, I've done my love thing. Like I've done it in love. I did it nicely. I didn't scream it at them. So I've done the love thing. But I actually think that what Jesus is saying, you know, in the the scriptures that I was pointing at in Mm -hmm. John 13, uh, 14, 15, but also we get this in in 1 John as well, is that it's love that's actually the centerpiece. It's not necessarily the truth or or the laying down your opinion of the scripture that is the centerpiece Mm -hmm. of what needs to be communicated to other people. It's actually love should be driving it. But please... I welcome the, the disagreement or, or the response. I don't necessarily least. know that I that I that I'm disagreeing with what you're saying. I, I think that I'm okay. So I we're talking about love. So First Corinthians 13 at some point probably needs to be mentioned in this episode. We already did. You did mention it for a second there, but right. in the verse that you did mention, like it's just you know love is patient, it, love is kind, does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, it is not rude, um, which is right. which, which is key, right? It yeah. is it is key. Um, it's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It, is, it keeps no record of wrongs. Um, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Um, and then this last section is where I th- is where I am. I get caught up a little bit sometimes. It's yeah. it always protects, always trusts, always hopes. Then it says it always perseveres. Yeah. And so the idea of persevering through what is it? Is it my own? Am I persevering through like my own struggle, or am I persevering for someone else to know truth? Yeah. Or to yeah. know love, rather. Let's go, yeah, to, to know love. I mean, to true love, which is God's love, right? That, right. That agape, we talked about it, so I should probably say it again. But, like, how does that perseverance, is that through them maybe not having a, an understanding of what I'm trying to do? And is that is that on me? Do I need to be more intentional and careful about how I go about, you know, you know doing that or showing that to them? I, I, I'm not, I, I think that. There's this perception that sometimes people like for them to know love or to know God that you have to just, you know, throw the Bible at them or like constantly be bringing up scripture. I don't believe that whatsoever. But 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 how were you raised? Because I can tell you the way I was raised was that whenever I got into a situation with other Christians of slightly different tribes oh, yeah. who, who understood things about the scripture differently than I did, mm-hmm. same scriptures, that the loving thing to do was to break off some truth, oh, right. was to let them know, oh, you're not reading this correctly. This is the right way to read it. How do I know? Well, because this is the way I was raised to read it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> right? But, yeah. but, my, but my point, and I'm sorry for interrupting. No, you're you. good. Um, my point is just I, I was raised raised that way and I have come to believe that that should not have been the focus the focus should have been when I meet this new person mm-hmm. who you know may have come up from a slightly different tribe the focus should be to love them mm-hmm. right not to to somehow throw down some truth gauntlet which is really an interpretation gauntlet sure. which is I've got a better interpretation than you do. So that that's two different things, though. Those are people that maybe would be within the Christian tribe. And then there's a whole other issue of what do you do with people um, who would be outside of that or who would be seen outside of that. Yeah, and so my, I guess then the question becomes you're loving them for what? 
Yeah. And, and like, what is, what is the purpose behind loving them other than Jesus just says to do it? Oh, wait, wait. But if, if God is love, correct, if God, which is scriptural, right? right? It is scriptural. <laughs> okay. If God is love, is there not something divine going on when you love someone else? Like in, in the at, let's go back to the Aboriginal people who like to kill missionaries Sure. in that village. When, you know, when a child is born and the, and the, the mother, you know, gets that child, when the child takes its first breath and they, they love that child, right? That love that they're feeling. Is there not something divine that is going on? If God is love, Mm -hmm. aren't they experiencing God? Aren't they sort of tapping into the, to the creative force of the universe when they experience that? And not just in that, but anytime they experience love. Uh, right. Sure. I mean, I, I think but, that but it's not, but, but they just, it hasn't just been revealed to them as, Oh, that comes from the divine source yet. Or is it a different kind of love? They can't appreciate it because they don't have the theological framework to understand where it all came from biblically. Or is love, love is love, is love, love in the Aboriginal forest as it is, you know, as we experience love, I, I, I mean, I think that the love a parent has for a child or, you know, a, a, you know, a spouse has for their spouse or, or partner. Um, I mean, I think we experience love in very similar ways. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, you know, this it reminds me of a I, well, I love Bob Goff, by the way. Um, oh yeah, yeah, love but, does absolutely. That's this. We word. know we know his name and we know his book's name. Right? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Well, and and you know, we could call him. By the way, he could be absolutely be on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. His cell phone number is like in the back of the book. It's amazing. Right? Right. Um, Mentor to Donnie Miller. Yes, yeah. Yes. And so he actually has a quote in this book um, that says, "Most people need love and acceptance a lot more than they need advice," and that uh, that like hits me hard because. It just seems like the good Christian thing to do is to like continually give advice. How many people, Roman, how many people who are living life in the quote unquote wrong way? Okay. So they're living life or they're doing something in a way that they shouldn't be doing it. And it's some established, you know, for some established period of time that you go up to them and you confront them and you say, you know what? You're doing things wrong. You're, 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 you're living in sin. Let me throw out the. Sure. You know, the, the, the big words, you're living in sin, you're going down the wrong path. You're how many times is that effective in changing people to changing people's behavior versus when you approach somebody who may be in the same situation and based on your, what did he say? Opinion, right? Yeah. Based on your opinion, they're not living in the way that you think that they should be living. And you think they're probably making some bad decisions, but instead what you do is you embrace them you support them you love them with action not just with words oh yeah when you do that that you developing that relationship through love which it was what we're talking about on this podcast you developing that relationship with them through love that that ends up changing perspectives and changing behavior i mean that is my experience yeah i see that work it's not that like something works every time, but I see that work in changing people's behavior much more than, uh, I mean, parents, you know, parents are listening, you know, if you come at your kids and just 
sort of yell at them. You may yell at them or scream at them into submission for a time. Sure. But what happens when you're no longer there yelling at them? What happens when they leave home? What mm-hmm. happens when they're when you're not there when they're at college? You're no longer there in their ear. Yeah. And if they don't know that they're loved and accepted and they feel like that their love and acceptance is based on them following the rules as opposed to the fact that you unconditionally love them and accept them. Mm-hmm. I believe that they're less likely. They know what you think. They know what your opinions are. They know what you believe. They go to church with you. Right. You know, every week they yeah. hear the same sermons that you do. Right. Mm-hmm. They have a great youth minister. <laughs> uh, maybe. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? They already know. So yeah. you, I'm not saying you don't remind people, but especially as people get older, they know, mm-hmm. or as they're no longer kids or teenagers, as they're young adults or adults, they know. Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, that's, I mean, first John three eighteen is the verse that you were saying is like, let us not love in word or in speech, but in action and in truth. Yes. Um, and, and that, I mean, that, that says a lot, I think. I mean, if, if that's... And I a, think the truth there, if I'm not mistaken, I think the truth there, the sort of the translation there, tr- it comes out truth a lot when really the, the writers are talking about faithfulness, this concept of faithfulness. Um, so it, it's, it's something that it's in action and it's not just a one-time action, it's faithfulness. Because I think a lot of times we take a shortcut from truth to what Bob Goff says, which is opinion. Mm-hmm. We are truth. They're just, just a, a step away from truth is, well, our opinion on how things should be or how people should be acting mm-hmm. or what people should be doing as opposed to what love actually feels like to go back to my kids schools, sort of modified golden rule. What, you know, treat other people as they would like to be treated. Yeah. As a, not just a, how you feel like. Right. And, and I think that it's, it's, it's an interesting point to 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 make that it, within that that first John three eighteen verse, it was agape again. It was yeah. that unconditional, selfless, godly love, and and I think that at times the reason why people argue about whether or not humans can even really do that whole agape thing, that whole like un, genuine unconditional love, is because of kind of like you use the word divine. I like to use the word righteous or holy um, that goes along with that, that, um, you know, we struggle with looking at each other in those kinds of, in, in, in that light, in that way, because when, Unfortunately, sometimes we, the lens that we have on or that we keep on sometimes to maybe, I don't know if it, it could be everything from just making myself feel better about me or making sure that I can, um, you know, kind of remain, have some safe spaces. I can see I, I, the lens of, I see your flaws and I see the things yeah. that, that, that you have messed up on so that I can make sure that I don't put myself in a position for you to hurt me. Right. And, and so to be able to, you know, keep that condition there, regardless of whatever that is, um, is, does that allow me to really have that agape love? And it's, it's a scary thought. And and maybe that's getting, I don't know if it's getting too technical, but at the same time, like 
there is some tr- there is some truth there. Well, there's a lot of things that could stand in the way of us being able to, you know, back to reflecting that if agape love is the is the love of God that God has on humanity, like going back to the Sermon of the Mount, you know, God causes the sun, you know, to shine, the the, the rain to fall on mm-hmm. the righteous and the unrighteous. It's everybody, right? His his blessings sort of bless everybody. That that's the way God loves. If we're supposed to be reflecting that there are a number of things that can stand in the way mm-hmm. of us being able to reflect that. Uh, one of those is forgiveness. And I think that's what that's the evolution of where we want to go uh, next week. Because mm-hmm. forgiveness is, is a two-way street. Um, you know, there, there's, there's God's forgiveness of us, our need to forgive each other, our need to forgive ourselves. And, and we've got scripture that says that's sort of how it works. Yeah. That, you know, in order, it's in the Lord's prayer, yeah. right? You know, for, forgive us our sins, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Mm-hmm. So I think where where we're maybe heading to here is there there are things that that are there are roadblocks that come up that keep us from being able to love through words, through action, through all these different ways that keep us from being able to do that optimally in our relationships. And we want to, we want to be able to talk more about that. Yeah. And so at some point we, we're going to need to decide, or you are going to need to decide for yourself is what is the reason that I have any relationship that I have? What is the purpose behind that? And, and what is, what is continuing that pursuit of whatever that relationship is because pursuit is a big deal when it comes to relationships continually trying to pursue whatever that relationship is in the capacity and hopefully trying to make it better and i want to like just because i feel like we've gotten we've plowed into some some interesting ground today yeah so i want to just go just a, a an inch further or, or at least make it a little bit more explicit as a Christian, you know, I think we're sort of targeting Christians with this podcast, sure, but if, yeah. you're, if you're not, that's okay. You can, you sure. can listen to, absolutely. Um, you know, we're just a couple of guys talking, mm-hmm. but as a Christian, is it enough to just love somebody with all your heart and all your being and through deed and action, mm-hmm. or does there need to be this underlying you use the word purpose yeah. does there need to be this i'll use the word agenda does there need to be this ultimate agenda that at some point you need to use every opportunity in order to try to get this person sort of on your side of the fence in terms of intellectual assent to whatever list of things you believe they need to intellectually assent to with regard to God, Jesus, you know, various theological concepts. Mm -hmm. So I I wanted to, I guess, as we wrap up, I'm going to say as we wrap up today, okay? I like it. You always say as we wrap up. (laughs) I want us to think about that. You know, is, is love enough? Is, is loving people enough? Is it enough that we love people and we show love, we demonstrate love and we, and, and we live it out? Um, is that enough? Or is it incumbent upon us to do like what I was saying? Is it incumbent upon us to uh, essentially evangelize 
in each and every relationship? And because I, I think that's a really good question, and I think that certainly most of us, if we're evangelical Christians, or if we put ourselves under that tent, mm-hmm. we were probably raised to believe that um, the end result of any new relationship, hopefully, would be that that this person could go from unsaved to saved or lost to found. Um, But I want us to explore that, you know, I want us to think about that and explore that further. I mean, we're going to talk about forgiveness and, but I think that is an area where we still have more that we could discuss. Oh, definitely. I mean, the word agenda has some negative connotation there. And I like the word purpose because I think, or even commandment, um, I think, because of Matthew 28, Right. where it says we're to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them and also teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Right. So, and, and, the, and what Jesus commanded us was to love. Right. Right. So, but you have to be able to tell them how to do that somehow. And what are we given to be able to do that? The word. Right. Which tells us to love. Like it, right. that's my, my point I get, or is one of my points is that if, we can know everything that's in the scripture. We can know Matthew 28, but if we're not loving, I think Paul says something like this. We're just like a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. Right. Well, I I agree. I just, I don't want us to get caught up in the idea that, that, that love is like, because I think when people think of love, sometimes they think of it's just this feeling and it's just like, it's, it's kind of like, Oh, I love you. No, it's definitely not. There are, there is action that goes along with love and we have to figure out what that action is. And, um, I mean, yes, the Bible, Jesus absolutely commands you to love, but there's also like other things that he talks about that is, that, that goes along with love. It's not that like you do those things and they're separate from love. Um, well, but, like I and like I said earlier, he doesn't really define it be in, in in a way that kind of blows it wide open as to sure. what could be included. And it's I love this phrase uh, that Jesus used in the scripture. It's not about love, but it's 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 this phrase where he says, "Go and learn what this means." I desire mercy, not sacrifice. It's in Matthew nine, but yeah. I love him that phrase. Like, hey, he it, it, <laughs> he says to the Pharisees, "Go and learn what this yeah, means." And I out. feel like you know that's kind of what maybe Jesus is telling us about love. Yeah. Go and learn what this means. And your point, it's not just a feeling. Yeah. Like, go learn what this means to love this other person. Mm-hmm. And and all I'm trying to do is kind of put my put some fingers on some pressure points oh, sure, here. Yeah. And 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 let's keep talking. Um, you know, let's keep talking next week about uh, going and learning what it means to love people, to mm-hmm. love people that believe what we believe. And mm-hmm. and I, I think I ended last week's podcast saying that. And how do we love people that don't believe what we believe? Is there some? It does forgiveness play a role in there? Yeah. You know, for people who don't believe exactly what we believe, mm-hmm. what, what what does love look like with them? Absolutely. So, you know, I. I love the back and forth. I love the, the, the opportunity to be able to have the discussion. And I don't necessarily know that we're, I don't know if disagree. I don't, cause I don't want to say that we're like disagreeing. I, I think that it's, there's different perspective here and and maybe that means disagree. I don't know. I think we're trying to tease out what, what it means to walk in this way. Sure. What it means to live this out. And we're not doing it with like, just answers because a lot of times I think what can happen unfortunately mm-hmm. in a sermon yeah. is that the sermonizer gets up and lays it down. Yeah. <laughs> Here's what it is. 
and and that typically will reconfirm what you already thought it was, mm-hmm. and then you leave and go eat lunch. Right. But what we're trying to explore is what if we don't have a sort of a clear answer and if Jesus doesn't come out and define what love is and we have some hints from other writers what is our process like what, what does Roman do what does Brad do what, what do we do in our lives to that what helps guide us in how we interact with other people we, we both agree that it's that love is like the lens or the fuel oh, yeah. or whatever mm-hmm. metaphor yeah but what how how does that look when we're interacting with people? Yeah, and and I think that's why I'm excited about next week because forgiveness is a big part of that for a lot of people. I mean, well, no, let, I'm not gonna say it. it's for a big part for everybody. everybody. I mean, every because everyone at some point deals with forgiveness in some way, or they they're going to have to if they haven't already. And if you haven't already, and you're listening to this podcast, like. Please tell me how you do that. Well, and, and even if it's not other people, th- then turn inward. You know, sure. ha- have you done things that you wish you hadn't done? That you you've had a hard time sort of getting past. Mm-hmm. That that your your psyche ends up. You know, your your mind just will kind of remind you of those things from time and time again. Or maybe there's somebody in your family that will remind you of those things, those mistakes right. time and time again. So that's what we're going to get into. We're going to So if it's not other people, if you, if everybody around you is treating you perfectly and you've <laughs> never had to forgive anybody. Okay. But what about yourself? We'll get into that too. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us this week. Um, we appreciate all the feedback that we received, the, the um, you know people following us or subscribing to us and um, you know people giving us these ratings we genuinely really from the bottom of our hearts have really appreciated we love doing this um, really looking forward to next week talking more about forgiveness uh, hopefully you guys join us next week and have a blessed day